So if you go and ask every single dental office, what's the number one thing that you're facing that's stopping you from being successful? Everybody's going to give you the same answer. We want them to think like an owner, right? I want them to own the hygiene portion of their business. I love that you guys are carving out a niche for yourself in the schools, because right now, one of the biggest hangups in in dental school is you got students who are graduating. Not only do they have a half a million dollars in debt from, from school, because the cost of school has gone through the roof, but they also don't have really any clinical experience, which is a problem because when you come into practice, like it's like, where do you even start? Welcome to another episode of Dental Marketing Theory. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want. But you know what? You can't grow if you don't have people working in your office. And one of the biggest things that we face in the dental industry right now is a labor shortage. So I brought on today and had the privilege of interviewing John Murphy, who's the vice president of talent acquisition at Aspen Dental. That's right. He is recruiting more dentists probably than anybody in the whole world. And he's going to describe how he takes the de novo model and attracts the right kind of people and the systems that he uses. He's also going to break down why recruiting is really just marketing and the funnels that you need to have in place to make sure that you can get the right candidates at the right time. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right. So I'm really excited to have this conversation because one of the biggest areas right now in the dental industry that people are struggling with the most, if you go and ask every single dental office, what's the number one thing that you're facing that's stopping you from being successful? Everybody's going to give you the same answer. Almost everybody's going to give you the same answer. It's recruiting. And Murph, I have you here today and you are not only uh, in the recruitment game, but you've been in it for a long time and you do it for an organization that has over a thousand offices and you only do de novo. So that means you're not acquiring talent through buying offices. You're building offices and then you to build them. You have to make sure that they're being filled. So that's a lot of pressure on you. And I would love for you to share with the audience what you're doing around recruiting that's allowing you guys to continue to grow and continue to attract the right kind of team members so you can grow the way that you guys want. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure for sure, Gary. Make no mistake about it. Um, you know, I think any organization, what, what we focus on is truly understanding who we are why we do what we do, and uh, looking for people whose values are aligned to ours. You, you know, that, that at the core is, is what's most important. Once we have that well understood and we understand the value that we offer to prospective employees, um, in particular doctors, hygienists, you know, licensed providers, um, it, 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 it's a matter of articulating that value proposition um, it's a matter of keeping the brand top of mind. So we have, you know, sophisticated marketing program yeah. that, that helps them do that, right? We leverage different technologies. We leverage different tools, but we make investments so that the brand is top of mind, that people sort of have an awareness of, of, of the brand and the opportunities that exist. And then as they start to explore, they come to understand what that means for them, most importantly. And then, we, of course, we, we move them to a point of, what I'll call conversion, where they pick up the phone and they call, they take action online, you know, fill out some form, make contact with somebody on my team so that they can, they can learn what we're all about uh, and what, what opportunities exist for them. 
You want to hear something crazy? Dental marketing agencies are dead. You got that right. They're dead. Why do I say that? Well, we don't consider ourselves a dental marketing agency. We are a growth partner. What that means is, is we help our clients not only create opportunities, but we help them convert them and close them as well. And that is what's needed in the day and age that we live because just getting new patient leads is not enough. You need somebody that's going to help you actually get these new patients into your chair and make sure that there's the right kind of patient for your office. Now, we put together a whole report that will tell you where dental marketing currently is because there's a ton of changes, tons of things are going on with the market, and we broke down what you're going to need to do to stay ahead of the industry and grow the way that you want. The link is down below. Go check it out. Everything is free. I look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, that's that's huge. So I want to call something out because most people do not understand this in the dental industry. So there's when I say marketing, most people, what 99% of people in the dental marketing area go, oh, getting new patients into your office? And it's like, okay, yeah, that's one kind of marketing. But recruiting is just marketing. That's exactly what it is. And so if you don't, what happens if you don't have a funnel, you don't have a system, you don't have anywhere that you're storing the people's information that you're marketing to, it's not going to work. And so most people don't realize that they're competing against people like yourself that have a whole system around marketing for recruiting. So I would love for you to dive into that a little bit. Like what what does your marketing system, and I don't need you to give away the secret sauce, but like what does a marketing system actually look like? Do you have a CRM around it? Are you, is there drip emails, drip text messages? Like just kind of walk us through that just so people can kind of understand that. It's it's all the above. You know, we've built um, a rather sophisticated ecosystem here where all of our, our marketing, whether that's on social, whether that's display, whether that's, you know, search or, you know, organic or paid, you know, all of, all of the, the, the actions we're taking to create awareness around the brand and the opportunities ultimately drive people back, you know, to a central location, to our, to our website where they can, where they can learn, they can find more, they can, they can, you know, take the action that they want to take. If they want to apply to a job. Great. In dentistry, you'll find that dentists and, and, and hygienists, they don't, they're not ready to do that. They just want to learn more. So they can call and have a confidential conversation with somebody on the team. They can do things very discreetly, particularly in this space. I find that to, to, be, to be important. Um, but, it, but it's, this, it's this, this entire ecosystem working together, ultimately moving people through the funnel. You use the word, we, we review the funnel, and I try to understand as best as possible what compels people to take action and kind of come into the funnel and at every stage, right through the interview, the offer process, even starting and onboarding, what are the things that are important to them and, and how do we continue to refine that process, you know, and create and help them understand the environment that they're coming to, to work in um, and how they can be successful in that environment. So the entire ecosystem working together um, and yes, everything's sort of you know, the tech stack is, is built and linked yeah. together to, to create a candidate experience that, that really addresses all their, all their questions and helps them understand what to expect at, at every step. So, so, and just so people understand, like a lot of, again, a lot of people in the dental industry don't understand uh, this side of marketing uh, just because for a long time, dental hasn't needed it. But there's a system that you can always, it basically works while you're sleeping. So it's sending emails, it's sending text messages, it's, and it's doing it based on their interaction. So if they visit the website, it texts them. If they open the white paper, they emails them. And so you can build out these kinds of systems around recruiting 
and you, you need a team to do it. These are, this is not simple, but you can, again, I want the people who are listening to this to understand this is what we're competing against in the market. There's, there's other people you're, and you're not the only people doing it. Lots of people are doing this. So there's a lot that goes into it. Now, one thing that I would love for you to kind of break down is do you, do you dive into what makes you guys unique compared to working with other people in the dental industry? Do you have like a unique seller proposition that you use or how do you do that for, for, for Aspen? Yeah. So absolutely. Like, you, you know, you're selling Gary. And so, you know, you have to differentiate yourself. And so, you know, how we do that is, is important. Um, you know, yes, we have a sort of a messaging framework overarching, you know, that applies broadly, but then as we learn more about you and what's important to you and the role that you're, you're going to fit into, we're trying to personalize all of those communications, you know, providing you with the information that helps you move to make the right choice for yourself, you know? Um, and, and so it, 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 what, so what would you say, what's your guys's unique, uh, proposition? Like what makes you guys different that recruits want to work with you guys? So it, it, I think the, the value proposition varies based on role type and based on what you're looking for. For Dennis nah. in particular, you know, um, it's turnkey, right? And so if you're yeah. interested in ownership, I've got a practice ownership program. Ultimately, I'd love, I'd love to get you to own one office, to own multiple offices, and to be able to do that, you know, with this infrastructure that exists, the scale that we've proven successful over the last 25 years, like you can take advantage of that. So, you know, our ownership program uh, for, for Dennis is, is very unique. Um, you know, the way, and what about, what would you, what would be your, and I think that's amazing. Um, and I think doctors love that. Then what would be your uh, unique proposition for say, like a hygienist? Like, why would a hygienist, like, how would you position that? Is that a different mindset? Uh, same, same, different mindsets. Of course, the hy- hygienists in this country and most states don't or can't own their own their own practice, but we want them to think like an owner, right? I want them to own the hygiene portion of their business. Matter of fact, the compensation programs that we have for for hygienists are based on profits of the hygiene practice within the mm. practice. So the opportunity financially is theoretically unlimited, right? This isn't. It's yeah. not just about an hourly rate. You know, this is about how do you think about the entire business from the patients that you see, the type of work that you do, how well you work and coordinate that treatment with the doctor. Um, You know, how do you control supply costs? How do you how do you take ownership of the things that matter in the hygiene practice so that you have this unlimited uh, earnings opportunity? Right. And then and Mm, that, you know, listen, the, the, the Aspen Dental model itself is a little different. Yeah, you, you're going to continue to 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 do good to help people in need. You know, roughly 65 percent of our offices are in federally designated health professional shortage areas. So you're you're mm-hmm. you're helping a community of people that have not necessarily had access to care historically, right? The brands, yeah, yeah because that's Aspen's. That's a kind of Aspen's model, right? Is that you go to the areas that don't have as, not always, but d- sometimes that don't have as many dentists. Right. There. Which makes recruiting that much more challenging because they don't exist. So it's, <laughs> it's a distribution problem, right? It's a, supply is limited. It's one thing yeah. when, you, when you talk about providers, getting them where they're needed most is, is, is another thing. That's probably the primary challenge. Once you get them there, 
there's pent up demand. There's not a ton of competition. Theoretically, overhead costs are are, are lower, rent utilities, are lower. and they can mm. run a successful business and they can reap the benefits of that, right? Empowering sort of success in their own career while doing good in their community and 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 helping. Yeah. People. So it's kind of flipping the model in its head because it's like, yeah, everybody wants to move to, you know, uh, Miami yeah. or uh, you know Los Angeles and. There's all these great markets, but you're also competing against everybody and their mom there too, right? Like there's there's tons of dentists, there's tons right. of location. Yeah, I mean, the marketing is crazy in those markets. And so you're saying, hey, we can go to this market over here. There's not a lot of competition. Our overheads are lower. You're going to be successful right out of the box and you're going to have patience right away because there's a huge demand and not a lot of supply. And so the success rate is going to be higher and that allows you to keep growing. And again, recruiting is really at the core of all of that. It only works if you can get the dentist to move That's there. Right. Um, so, so I, I love, I love that you're at the center of that. Um, uh, what, so one of the things that, and I'm sure you've seen this uh, out, out online, it's like, okay, so you got like single practices, uh, practitioners, you got the big DSO, which you fall into that category, right? The big DSO. And then you kind of got this new group that's kind of in the middle that they're like, yeah, we're not a DSO technically, you know what I mean? They Technically, they probably are, but they don't call themselves that. We're more of a group. We're that five to 10 location, you know, and there we're kind of uh, in the, in between there. And you have, so you have these these three worlds now that kind of exist in the dental space. And, and the smaller practices, a lot of times, or the single location practices, I should say, a lot of times they don't want to have anything to do with the DSOs, right? They're kind of, some of them are like even anti-DSO. And, and then, and, and my, my thought on this, just so you know where I stand, there's good DSOs and there's bad DSOs. There's good single practitioners and there's bad single, right? Like it's just like anything else. But I love that you guys are carving out a niche for yourself in the schools, because right now, one of the biggest hangups in, in dental school is you got students who are graduating. Not only do they have a half a million dollars in debt from, from school because the cost of school has gone through the roof, but they also don't have really any clinical experience, which is a problem because when you come into practice, like it's like, where do you even start? And so you've been working with one of my friends, Dr. Bill uh, from UCLA. He's also done this through Michigan and a couple other schools as well, where you're taking students when they're still in dental college and giving them an opportunity to work under clinicians in some of these markets. Could you walk through how you're using that both from a recruiting standpoint, but also from um, just a, an opportunity to really get back to some of these students. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I met Dr. Bill Piskorowski about four years ago. Um, and it's a, you know, community-based clinical education program. And so about four years ago, we put agreements in place with, um, UCLA, uh, and the university of Michigan, which was troublesome to begin with, like working with the universities and their, and their legal team to kind of get agreements that protect everybody in place. Um, then what we did is we put some of the owner doctors in the Aspen network on faculty. So we, they, they hey. went through the typical process to apply to become faculty members at those schools. Um, and then the, the commission on dental accreditation CODA inspects the facility so the, the, the doctor and their facility actually become an extension of the, of that particular dental school. And now we can rotate students through those offices, right? During their fourth year of dental school for anywhere from say two to eight weeks, usually, and they can fulfill mm -hmm. their clinical requirements. 
So it solves, it solves problems from a couple of angles in my view. The dental schools, their number one challenge, recruiting. They don't have faculty. Yeah. They, they, so recruiting faculty is difficult, right? Um, so this, this solves for that. You know, brick and mortar and supplies, again, cost money. The universities, depending on the type of university they are, you know, struggle sometimes to do that. It, this help, this helps in that regard. It's also a recruiting play, right? Given where our offices are and where those owner doctors are, the students are rotating into markets they never would have thought of, of yeah. going to work once they graduated. So this exposes them to what life is like in those markets. Yep. And then, of course, we've, we've, or the owner doctors have had the opportunity to evaluate them, you know, how they interact with the team, their leadership capabilities. Yes, their clinical skills, right? It, and so as they're, as they're exiting dental school and thinking about where to go work, again, we're top of mind. There's a relationship that exists. And if you can distribute that talent to those markets, it's a win-win for, for everyone. Yeah. And, and it's also giving the dental students the necessary reps that they need to actually graduate and have some clinical skills under their belt rather than just graduating and not having that. I mean, that's pretty important. You can ask the students that have rotated through the program and they'll tell you just the, the sheer volume and the experience that they've had is helped them be better prepared to enter the real world uh, than, they've, than they've had any, anywhere else or in any other setting. Um, and it, it, it gives them a, a taste of what life is like and what to expect. It helps them think about all of the things that they're really probably not prepared for. Yeah. Uh, and see, and I think this is huge because, again, when people start to think about just the dental ecosystem that we have now, and again, some some single locations say, well, we don't like DSOs and, and some, you know, you have you have almost this natural tension that kind of boils up. There's these problems that have to be solved and only certain people like yourself can come in and help solve them. But then as you're, I'm just thinking through this from the student's perspective, as you're dealing with a student, and I've, I've talked to some of the students that you've worked with and rotated in and heard their stories and the reps that they're getting and how it's helping them clinically and just uh, giving them exposure. I think that's huge and helping make a decision, but they are being pulled in a lot of directions. It's like, do I want to go work for a doctor with one location? I have to take the same vacation as that doctor. Some people may like that. Some might, may not. Uh, do I work for multiple doctors like that single location where I do one day here, one day there, one day here? Do I work for a smaller group or do I work for the big DSO? And they're hearing all these voices and they're hearing the positives and the negatives of, of all sides. And there are positive and negatives on both sides. How do you help them navigate that conversation? Because I'm sure you get your fair share of like negative backlash of like the evil DSOs, you know what I mean? And those kind of things. So how do you kind of work through that and have that conversation? in a practical way to actually help people. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it's about understanding the individual and what, what's motivating them and sort of what they hope to accomplish, you know, and matching them to the right opportunity, right? Aspen Dental is just the, the brand, the trade name, but there's over 300 dentists that own their own private practice yeah. in the network. No different really from a private practice. They've just got the infrastructure in the support from an organization like Aspen, they've got data and comparatives to other people who are running similar businesses. So they understand how they're doing and what potential, you know, exists in their practice, right? It, you, you've got this network of peers that, you know, that you can, you can talk to and interact with all day, every day, share cases, get guidance, mentorship, right? All of these things are just sort of baked into to, to the model. 
But, but what's really most important is understanding the individual, what they want to accomplish and helping them see the path, you know, and sometimes, you know, the recommendation might be actually that there's another environment and another opportunity that makes more sense for them. Like I want, I want them to be successful long-term. Yeah. I want to put them in the right place. And so if this isn't it, we, you know, yeah, you don't follow- want a doctor to come in and then be mad at you in three months, right? That you promised no. them the stars and the moon. And then they, they're like, this isn't what I thought it was. You, you know, you've got to open your eyes. You've got to truly understand the realities and, you know, what you see you know, from practice to practice, from environment to environment, you'd be surprised. They're not totally different, you know, like, yes, people will complain about Aspen Dental, the brand. And so that creates all this stigma because of the scale and the sheer size and the vast number of people that, that, that impatience that and all de novos like you've done it very uniquely right, right? like you did it differently and then they'll anybody. go and they complain it's oh they complain about aspen dental when really they should be saying hey dr gary bird was the, was the challenge that i had it was with this individual in this location in this office and so you know you gotta open your mind sometimes um be willing to try new things you know think outside the box get creative um you know but so it's about, it's really, Gary, it's a, in my view, it's about understanding the individual and matching them to the right opportunity. The right opportunity. And yeah, that's the thing I think that most people miss on dental a lot of times is that no matter what, it's not a SaaS business, right? It's not a software as a service business. It's not even a car <laughs> business. A lot of times people think of like Tesla and or these kind of, it's, it's a local business, locally done by local people on local people. And it's always going to be that way. <laughs> there's, there's no way around that. It's the way it has to be built. So yes, there might be a big DSO up above it that's centralized, but at the end of the day, it's localized in the service that it provides. Right. And I don't know, you can, you can look at the Health Policy Institute and their research around time spent. And, you know, private practitioners spend a lot of time running their business, trying to figure out how to put patients through the door, marketing, IT HR. infrastructure, payroll, insurance, billing, collections, all of this stuff. Oh, we've just got subject matter experts that do that for you and help you free up that time so you can see patients. And in this business, that's when you produce revenue and that's when you, you, you grow, you grow your practice. See more patients because you're not doing HR, you're not doing the billing, you're not doing those things. There's a process there to help help you walk through that. I love that. It's a model of efficiency. And when you're in markets where there's pent up demand and people are raising their hands saying, "Hey, I need uh-huh. help," you, you're you're creating a model of efficiency um, to do what's important and what's needed in that community to help patients who who ultimately need care. Mm, that can be that. misperceived, right? Yep, but yep. but at the end of the day, that's really what it's about. And you're creating conveniences for the consumer for that patient based on what their needs are. The same way we're focused in on the doctors and, and the team members and what their needs are, it, that it allows them to, to deliver a better experience and a better service. We think, you know, and have proven, I think, that that, that works. That's awesome. What, what, uh, what did I not ask you that I should have asked you or what, what topic should we have talked about that we didn't that you think would be useful for people to understand out there? You know, I don't get it. Just depends. There's there's a lot of things we could dive into. I think at a high level, um, you know, I think what 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 you're seeing right now is sort of just in the broader economy and in the labor market. Like it's not just dentistry, right? And 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 dentists, us here at Aspen, you're competing in a in a labor market where there's more open jobs 
and than there's been in history. The last 12 to 18 months, you know, I think last month there's 10.2 million open jobs. Like if you just look back, there's not been that many open jobs. And post COVID, there's the labor force participation rate. There's there's fewer people working, and we know those people are working less, right? So this gap has intensified competition. <laughs> yeah, and that's what everybody's facing right now in the, in the dental space in particular. Yes, you know, you, we've seen dental assistants, hygienists exit the workforce, change careers because of COVID and things of that nature. And it can be, it can be a stressful environment, but it's that gap that's intensified competition. Um, and that, that right now is, is it at the pain point in this, in this business? I and think. it's going to be, I, I think that it's going to continue to be this way for the next, it has to be for the next five, six years until more doctors are coming out of school, more hygienists are coming out of school. That hasn't ratcheted up yet. Right. And I don't, Again, I don't know that you see enough increase in the supply to keep up with the baby boomers that, that eventually exit the yes. workforce and or reducing their hours. Like just the world's a little bit different and yep. sort of, you know. Um, so you got to figure this out. Like long story short, there's not, it's not like, oh, well, let's wait this out and see if the economy changes. There's, there's nothing that's going to change the economics of yeah. recruiting. You just have to get better at it if you want to, if you want to win. You have to you, you you have to get better at it. You have to know who you are, what you're doing, what you're offering, and what that means to the people you're trying to reach. When you can do that, and you can come with a strong offer, it, you can you you can win. That's awesome. And you have to follow through. You have to you have to follow through on what you promise to deliver. You know the environment, the type of work, right? The the true opportunity has to become reality. When you do that, people stay. Like you retain people. Again, and we didn't talk about, it, but in our model, there's this there's this career path for for doctors in particular, right? from associate to lead dentist to owner, and then oh, listen, even beyond what you do with your own two hands at the chair, I can put you on faculty at a school. You can give back, right? You can think you can think differently about how to leverage and monetize your dental license, um, you know, versus working in a in a tiny little space all day long. Well, Murph, I really appreciate you coming on, sharing this with us, breaking it down, because really there's there's not a ton of upside for you to have these conversations, but I think that these are the kind of conversations that need to happen so people understand what's going on in the market, understand it at a large scale, and then that helps people at a smaller scale. And it also humanizes some of this stuff, right? Like it's so easy to go online and just start trashing people. I've fallen in that before. I think everybody has, where it's just like we're negative against a brand or a logo or something like that. But then at the same time, there's a human at the center of it and there there's good things that they're doing. And I, I think that what your job is, you probably have one of the harder jobs in dental um, in, in way, the way your model's set up. So I appreciate you coming on and being willing to let me ask you these questions and uh, sharing honestly and vulnerability, you know, being vulnerable with the audience of, hey, it's hard and here's here's how we think through it. So it means a lot. And I really, really appreciate it. It says a lot about you and your organization. Yeah, Gary, thanks for having me. Anytime, happy to dive deeper in any any topic. You know, listen, it's a it's an interesting world we live in right now. And I think people just, they need to understand what they want and they need to make their own decisions, their own choices and not be influenced so much by what, you know, the noise around them is saying. Mm. It's for. If it's yep. for you, you can make it work, then we, we can do that. And, That's awesome. and you know, Thanks, Marv. Appreciate it, my yeah. friend. No problem. All right, bye.